Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's New Stand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is April the 2nd, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits with high hopes. As for me, doing pretty good. Um, yet again, it's another Sunday slow starter. I um, wound up palling around, doing some uh, mall things and um then get back to really late so you know shout out to the homies it was a fun time but i will say i do have a good mall related food corner i got some chicken teriyaki with rice and it was a fuego very good uh definitely worth it i added this time three um what are they like spring rolls right um they were also yummy so Gotta say, though, those are definitely take or leave when it comes to that, because they usually just wind up, like, sitting out. They aren't, like, it's not fresh, as opposed to the chicken teriyaki they literally, like, make on a hibachi grill or whatever, so, or uh, grill. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say hibachi, I'm just kind of throwing that word on there. <laughs> but, um, yummy. I, I had a good day. Some might say too good. Woo! Uh, but yeah, here we are now, ready to do some news, talk about things things and stuff. Uh, let's start with Reuters. German public sector pauses strikes for now in wage dispute. So this is a strike. It was a two-day strike that took place in Germany. Uh, it's two days between a s- Sunday and Monday, but it seems like now where things have left off, they're kind of at a standstill. I believe the um, like the main union group, which is Verdi, and well, it's uh, two unions, uh, Verdi and DDB, or DBB. Sorry, um, they you know did a walkout, and they wanted I believe like ten point five percent raise. Yeah, ten point five percent pay raise. Uh, for around 2.5 million workers. But it looks like the employers were wanting to give them an 8% pay raise with <clears throat> a additional tax-free one-off payment of 3,000 euros, which is about $3,260 in USD. So... That wasn't enough for the um, the unions, which, you know, here at Isaiah's Newsstand, we're with that. We support that. I mean, it kind of sucks because I really do feel like in a lot of these times, unions aren't being greedy, especially in this situation. It is always tied to, well, there's so much inflation going on. Like, well, what do you what do you want us to do the, the for the amount of work that we're doing and putting in? And this is essential work. These are, you know, when they went on strike... There were planes, trains, like they weren't running at full, you know, capacity during those two days because their work is essential. They are vital people. And to not pay them at least, like, and that's the thing that's so sad here is that we get further and further away from the conversation of like, hey, pay me what I'm worth. And literally, it's like, could you at least pay me what I need to live? Like, I need at least to make enough money for my existence, please, employer. And they go, I just don't think we have it in us. Like, we're going to have to dig deep in our pockets. That was a quote from 
this article and I, I it, it's frustrating. It's always frustrating to see this and that's why it's not surprising to me that we have so many strikes around the world right now. So many people who are up and protesting and saying like, I'm, I'm sick of this. And, I, and I'm just talking about over financial things, over your job, over money. Uh, not not just the other social inadequacies and problems that are going on. I, I think that's the the unrest is very merited. Um, I don't know. Maybe the bigwigs out there would say otherwise. They're like, no, it's not worth it. It's also surprising to me too to hear people who are like my age and who aren't into unions. I'm just like, look, I'm I'm personally not part of one, but that's not because I'm like anti. It's just because, look, I'm just a rat trying to give a little bit of cheese and I'm not really trying to fight the system here. I, I just want to make a little bit of scratch. Uh, I'm luckily in a situation where, where I work, I uh, at least get a, a few treats in the month and I get decent benefits. But that being said, what people are asking for here, like I said, I just don't think is unreasonable. I hope that now they're moving into an arbitration phase. Essentially, now there's going to be a third party that is going to rule, and that's going to be what's you know going to be decreed as the law. But or not the law. That's not the right way to say it. But um, that's going to be the the pay that the union employees are going to get. Uh, that might not work in the future. We'll see how that goes. Um, but hopefully the number is acceptable or at least closer to acceptable for both parties in the situation. Let's see in some more international news. And actually, uh, yeah, you know, what? I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take my break early. I am gonna give myself a treat. Speaking of treats, uh, blah, 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 from the AFP, death toll in India temple collapses a little, little i butchered that sentence my bad rewind death toll in india temple collapse rises to 36 now um this um it was a really sad development took place. A death toll after a floor collapsed at a Hindu temple in India had risen to 36 on Friday after rescuers discovered the body of the last person still missing. Uh, police told the AFP. Dozens of worshippers celebrating a major religious holiday plunged into a step well, a stair-lined communal water source on Thursday after the floor covering it collapsed in the central city of Indori. Um, now, for me, I, I it really did help looking up what um, an Indian stepwell was, like kind of what the architecture looks like. I did wind up being able to find like a thumbnail of the actual place where it happened and you kind of could see the hole. Also, it, 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 it took a little bit too of more context for me to understand why like you would have this kind of setup where there's essentially a grill and a covering where people are standing over but potentially could fall into water in this kind of situation so when i kind of took everything into account i kind of understand i'm like okay so i get it during this religious holiday and it's not just this it goes into later on in the article towards the end of other 
like mass casualties that have taken place during festivals, religious holidays, stuff, because there's just so many people that are out. And also, I've listened to uh, some more stuff like from BBC News, and they were talking about like a person that came on and they said, Hey, yes, like these things keep happening. Yes, this is very tragic. And obviously, the situation of the architecture being, you know, bad or faulty, like, yeah, like there weren't supposed to be people standing on it, this many people, especially. And then, you know, people fell through. Like, it's really sad. But also, I think that's really sad is that there's not a lot of police. There's not a lot of people to maintain and control the crowds. Uh, we've talked about that before. Like, I remember last year in South Korea, they had the situation in Itaewon when they had so many people in these crowded alleyways where there's crushes and stuff that takes place or that had taken place. So when you have these kind of mass crowds, it almost becomes an inevitable thing that there's going to become casualties if any one, two, three things go wrong. It just takes one bad variable and, you know, you're dealing with a catastrophe. So, I mean, not that there's, like, knowing that, having that knowledge, it's not like they have the staff to have the police to regulate crowds. Not to mention, even if you do, there's still going to be a massive turnout of people. Uh, there were people who came out to this event, and they came early with the hopes of saying, hey, I'm just going to try to get in there and get out. But naturally, there's the whole traffic of these kind of things and events just didn't work out. And sadly, you know, these were people in the wrong area of, you know, this worshiping area, and, you know, this happened. So it's really sad. Uh, I haven't heard any other developments outside of the number of 36. I haven't heard it, like, go up uh, from there. Uh, let's see. I won't, you know, really muddle you with any more of the details there. It's it's sad stuff, sadly. But, um, you know, I definitely wanted to just to cover and talk about it. And um, let's see. We got some more news, though, from the Associated Press. Seven California officers charged in death of a man in custody. Prosecutors charged seven California Highway Patrol officers and a nurse with involuntary manslaughter on Wednesday in connection with the 2020 death of a man who screamed, I can't breathe, with multiple officers, while well, multiple officers restrained him as they tried to take a blood sample. Uh, this took place in L.A. Uh, L.A. County uh, L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon announced the charges in the death of Edward Bronstein, which an, the L.A. coroner said was caused by acute methamphetamine intoxication during restraint by law enforcement. Uh, the officers had a legal duty to Mr. Bronstein, Gascon said during a news conference. He was in their custody. We believe that they failed their duty and their failure was criminally negligent, causing his death. So I remember a little bit about this. I believe we still had, we were definitely doing the podcast at the time, but I believe a lot of the focus went to George Floyd because um, two months after the situation with Bronstein, Floyd happened and like these kind of situations, it was almost like a stack. Cause I remember the I can't breathe shirts. I remember people were talking about it. And then obviously George Floyd like was saying this out loud and then you're just seeing it recorded. And, um, it was very frustrating. It was very upsetting. 
I, I do also remember the coroner's report in the situation where it was like, hey, he had methamphetamine. And I remember that that was a big talking point by people saying like, well, it was really more of the fact that he was on drugs that caused this death. But I think actually going through investigation and now seeing, you know, the charges that the people are really looking at the evidence and it's like, no, you had a gang of officers pinning down a man who was at this point begging for his life. He's saying he can't breathe. He's trying to say, look, I'll be compliant. I'll do what you want. Uh, I believe his family had said he had a big fear of needles. And that was a big part of probably why he was struggling in that situation. And that being said, you're just scared. You're frustrated. Like, I do not get why you can break training because someone is being hostile. Like, like I get it. If you're a normal human on the street and these kind of situations happen to you, the, the reaction, the hurt, the anger, ah, like, you're a civilian. But these are cops. And these cops are literally, they switch into this mode of like, oh, you're fucking around? Well, you're going to fucking find out. And they just don't take sorry for an answer. They don't take no for an answer once it's in this kind of state. And they pin this man down. And for about 18 minutes, you have this whole exchange where this man cannot breathe and he's being suffocated while they draw his blood. So they get it. And then they don't have a pulse. And they literally try to slap him awake. And like, wake up, Edward. And of course, it doesn't work because he's dead now. And then they finally try CPR. And they go, oh, well, uh, I guess we fucked up. Oopsies. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that at least equates to manslaughter. Uh, we'll see how this goes in terms of a trial, if it's going to lead to anything uh, in terms of like a conviction for any of these uh, these officers and the nurse. Uh, I know there's, there's some up, upheaval about like, oh, I can't believe that the nurse is being charged. She didn't do anything. But, you know, when I think about it, at the end of the day, just like the nurses, just like a doctor, like you're supposed to not do any harm. And you are watching this whole situation unfold here. And yes, are these officers? Yes, these are people of the law. Of course they are. But if you see a situation where this person is being handled in a way that is way too aggressive and this is potentially harming someone and you're just saying, oh, OK, that's fine. This is just, it's just them restraining him. I got to do my job then your job is also aiding in this person's death. And I think you're involved. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer, whatever. You're not going to catch me doing my ace right here. But, or ace phoenix. Ace phoenix, it's ace phoenix, whatever. Um, but, it, you know, it's frustrating that this is just so common. It's frustrating to me that this is just one of those things where, like, it just kind of got, it's sad that it got lost in the shuffle for me because there's so many times and instances where this shit keeps happening and, um, you know, it, even if you get justice, it doesn't bring Edward back. It doesn't change any of the shit. Um, you know, you, you hope to see some change, but, you know, no matter what, I'm just going to be here talking about it. So we can move on to some other news now, though. From ABC7, 26 dead, dozens injured across seven states after tornado outbreaks, storms. So I recalled uh, Friday hearing about a lot of like tornado activity or severe weather coming up. We talked about it also previously last week, I believe. Um, so 
it's really sad that it really did, you know, come to pass that there was a lot of tornado activity. I believe like 31 reported touchdowns, which is so much across like, you know, multiple states. But still, like within a weekend, that's very crazy. Uh, at least 26 people are dead across seven states and dozens have been hospitalized after a tornado outbreak moved across the U.S. on Friday and Saturday, according to local officials. Um, now, in terms of like from Ohio and I, I know some other places, there was a lot of just wind, um, a little bit of a cold front. But um, let's see. Among the fatalities were five in Arkansas, five dead in Indiana, one died in Alabama, and one died in Mississippi. Um, Adamsville, Tennessee, Mayor David Lechner told the Associated Press that nine people died in McNeary County, or McNary County. In Illinois, four people died, including a man who was killed after a roof collapsed during a, his, uh, during a concert at a historic theater. Uh, the storm pattern moved east on Saturday with one person confirmed dead in Sussex County, Delaware, after a home collapsed. Uh, da, 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 da. So, I mean, like I said, I, I was expecting at least a big tornado or something like that or a couple, but to hear that there was literally 31 across nine states, actually, I'm sorry, um, and then there was more than 28 million people uh, across the South and Midwest who are under a tornado watch going into Friday night. So the rest of the article definitely goes into like more of the details. Uh, also talks about um, a catastrophic tornado that moved through the metro area of Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, which was, a, uh, was an EF3, which I believe it goes into EF5. So that's pretty strong. Uh, winds of 165 miles per hour, spanning 20 to 25 miles. So that's a big one. Uh, see, there's a lot more of the details here. I won't, you know, really bog it down and belabor it there. But definitely, yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely, a uh, tornadoes spooked me out. That's for sure. I, uh, I realized as a kid, actually, letting in here, a little personal, I used to hate thunderstorms. They freaked me out. I would cry. I'd freak out. I'd have to like sit in the bathroom or sit in like the bathtub or it would just be a whole thing. It would just freak me out because I was always scared of like lightning and thunder and just, it was just scary. And I remember it took uh, like a couple of parents and just, you know, people really kind of talking me through it as I got a little older and I realized it's like, look, Isaiah, like what, like what exactly are you scared of? Like the lightning? Because the thunder's not doing anything to you. Yeah, rain is rain. Like rain's not so bad. But like what? Lightning can hit you. Okay. Like that sucks. That would be scary. But the odds are so low. And, and that really calmed me down a lot. But then I realized that there's more to my fear. Like what is, what am I really scared of? And it's like, because there's just such an, there's something unknown about nature just being this kinetic, this wild and I realized, well, what can hurt you? A motherfucking tornado can hurt you. So when you have a storm, I mean, sometimes tornadoes can just come up out of nowhere. You're just having like a nice cordial day. It's a little windy. And the next thing you know, by the end of it, there's a tornado. So, I mean, these things really just come up out of nowhere. But that being said, I realized that my grand fear was actually tornadoes. So 
I try not to freak out too much about that now as an adult, but in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I don't want to get swept away. I don't want to have a Wizard of Oz kind of moment, okay? I'm just not Dorothy. I'm not built for it. But um, that being said, you know, obviously, condolences go out to the families, everyone involved. You know, it's so much loss of life. It's so devastating to have to go through any kind of natural disaster. So, um, you know, I try to provide at least a little bit of levity if I can, but, you know, for sure, shit is fucked up. Um, I know also, too, that, you know, obviously Biden administration reaching out, doing the whole thing, you know, helping out, providing aid. So that's good. I like when we provide non-lethal aid. <laughs> that's always the best aid. <laughs> All right. I got one more thing to do before we wrap it up. And ironically, this does, you know, wrapping it up. Is, is a fitting way to just say that. I'm so funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, from HuffPost. Which I don't know why they just didn't keep Huffington Post. Like, to me, it's not cooler because they abbreviated it. Whatever. Chipotle agrees to pay workers $240,000 in um, to settle union-busting complaint. Now, um, let's see, let's read a little bit more here. Officials at the National Labor Relations Board had accused the burrito chain of closing the worker's store because of a unionization effort. Uh, I believe the Chipotle in question is uh, in Augusta, Maine, and two dozen workers had um, tried to more or less come together to form a union, and Chipotle said, oh, no, 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 and they shut it down. Now, this was, I think, leading to a potential, or led to a, you know, a lawsuit, or a suit, civil suit. I think you gotta say it's civil suit, right? Whatever. But um, I suppose Chipotle said, hey, fuck it. We're not going to try to take this to court and let's settle. Which obviously to me is grimy because they know like, hey, like you probably could have been on the hook for more. Right. But they do have a quote here uh, in a statement. Uh, in a statement to HuffPost. Lori Shallow, the company's chief corporate affairs officer, said it closed the store because of staffing and other issues and not because of any any union activities. We settled this case before any hearing or any formal decision on the issues, not because we did anything wrong, but because the time, the energy, and cost to litigate would have far outweighed the settlement agreement, Shallow said. Which the last part of that, I definitely fucking agree. It is one of those situations where legally, if there's no union already set, you're allowed to close your store whenever the fuck you want for whatever reason. Like, as long as that reason is not illegal, which is in this situation is not, you're allowed. Which I think is fucking shitty and gross, but the law enables this. Now, let's say they already had a union formed. That's a completely different issue. Then you can't break, then you can't shut down the store because the union is doing something you don't like, or the people in the union are doing something you don't like. Uh, so they have the upper hand here as the company. 
Um, the $240,000 is going to go to compensation for the employees, back wages, uh, just the harm from being like, you know, unemployed or whatever in that situation. Granted, that's kind of a scrap in the bucket, especially for Chipotle. That's fucking chip money, bitch. That's not even. Uh, so I mean, and not to mention too, any kind of lawsuit will get subtly absorbed, um, by the customer which is always cute, always fun in these kind of situations when it's retail. You know, they'll just find a way to kind of sprinkle the costs around, you know, uh, or, or it's already baked in. I, I remember shit. Uh, at the end of the year, they were already raising prices because on oh, the inflation, shit's so expensive. Like, okay, dude. Okay. Okay. That, that's why I like my burritos like $30. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's this, I don't want to call this good news. I think it's good that it's at least called out that, you know, the board stepped up and said, hey, this is fucked up. These people were trying to form a union. They were doing nothing wrong. And you guys were trying to shut it down. And you did. I, I think, yes, most likely Chipotle would have won the lawsuit over time because they're just the bigger bank. But calling this shit out is sometimes the, the win you get. And it's the win you take. So hell yeah to that. Cheers to that. Um, but on that note, that's really all I have for today. I thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully, I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye bye. Mwah.